You're listening to The Main Break, the Standards Weekly Sports Podcast. Brought to you by Pinky's Pizza Warnable. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Standards Weekly Sports Podcast, The Main Break. I'm Nick Ansell. I'm here with Sean Hardiman, and we're really happy to have uh, Grace Brown on the line with us. Grace, Sean, how's things? Yeah, good, going well. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, yes, <laughs> in hotel quarantine at the moment. Just got back from Europe. Yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean mentioned. Um, I guess yeah. It's uh, you're sort of coming to the end of that now, Grace. Is it? Is it? Is that right? Yeah, I've only got uh, two and a half days left, so I'm pretty ready to get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Counting down the minutes, I, I, I would be anyway. So, yeah. Um, Basically. Yeah. How, how has the quarantine um, been, Grace? Like, how have you sort of kept yourself busy? And, yeah, how's it? have you sort of managed through that? Um, uh, I've, I've had um, some very... A few tasks to do, a bit of um, uni to catch up on, and I've got my uh, bike in here and like a stationary trainer, so um, yep. doing a little bit on that. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, bit of Netflix, bit of reading, um, some drawing. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything you can do to keep yourself occupied, I guess. That's probably the key, isn't it? A bit of variety and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, staying, um, staying entertained. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very good. Um, yeah, so I, I guess um, it's been a, um, I guess it's been a big year for me. I guess coming back from Europe as well. And I know you've recently um, had did some research. You've recently had some surgery. Is that right on your shoulder? Can you tell us a bit about that and sort of um, a bit about your injury first off and sort of how things are, how your recovery's been going? Yeah. So um, I actually in a race in Italy um, early in July before the Olympic Games and um, fractured the head of my humerus. Um, And at the time, uh, it wasn't considered very serious. The the fracture was stable and um, I was able to sort of keep going on the bike um, and compete at the Olympics. But then um, after the Games, I sort of uh, decided to reassess it a little bit and got um, some more medical checks and it turned out that um, the fracture had extended and um, wasn't healing at all. So I had to, yeah, go into surgery then and um, get it, get the, so there was basically like a little bony fragment that um, had come off the head of the humerus and um, my tendons and my rotator cuff were pulling on it and preventing it from, like, properly healing. So, um, yeah, I got that anchored back in and a bit of my tendon repaired as well. So it was um, decent surgery. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, look, it's... um it sounds like a pretty sort of nasty sort of thing, particularly when you didn't think it was, you know, all that, all that serious initially, like it's, it would have been a bit of a, bit of a shock really to see it sort of, you know, in that, see it sort of flare to that, to that point. Yeah. I think also, you know, part of my mindset at the time was I didn't want to accept that there was anything wrong because I had the Olympics ahead of me and um, yeah, I basically, 
uh, willed myself to be okay to yeah. race. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after all that, I was like, oh, actually, my shoulder's not good. Mm. Um, and it's, it almost, it feels like it's getting worse. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, but then it did take me a while to really accept that um, I needed surgery because then that meant that the rest of my season was over. Yeah. So that was a bit of a blow. Yeah. Was it, was it Sorry, Mike. Pardon? Was it painful with riding the bike, or did you not notice it at all? Did you have to uh, sort of get some pain medication to, to help yourself get through races, or? Yeah, it was um, it was painful on the bike, um, but then I mean I I managed it. I did a lot of treatment um, while I was on the bike, so I was having physio every day, and I was icing it, and I was. Um, yeah, taking pain meds and doing everything to sort of keep those symptoms at bay. And then in the races themselves, like I, you know, when, once you have that high adrenaline, like you don't feel pain like you normally do. So mm-hmm. I didn't really feel my shoulder in the in the races at all. But afterwards, definitely. Yeah. Yes. So it's not just about managing and, and getting yourself through to that stage. Um, did you, did you, um, what, what was the, the mental battles you sort of had to go through to get yourself ready for the Olympics? Because obviously it seemed, seems like a, a big injury, but um, what were you sort of doing to, to get yourself right and make sure you're in the right headspace and, and, and the right form heading into the, to an Olympics? Because you don't um, often get a chance to, to compete in the Olympics. So what did you do to get yourself ready? Yeah, I think, I mean, I already had um, my, my plans in place. Um, for my preparation and it, it was a bit of a hiccup like I missed some of the training that I'd intended to do and um, like it wasn't quite the lead up that I had in my mind but in the end um, yeah it's, it more comes down to like the mental side you have to uh, tell yourself that you know you, you've done everything that you can to be in the best shape possible and that um, what you've done is enough and um, yeah so I guess I just I you know really gave myself a lot of positive reinforcement about um, yeah being ready how's um yeah. how's the recovery been going uh, grace is it um is it sort of is it I guess is it I imagine surgery obviously um, you know, everything's set in place and, and everything right. But, um, yeah, how have you found the recovery and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty hard. Like, I've ne- never really had an injury that's taken me out quite as much as this one has because, yeah, um, yeah like, I, I, w- I wasn't allowed to do anything really for three weeks. Yeah. I had to have my um, arm in a sling completely immobilized um so i couldn't yeah i couldn't go on my bike even on the trainer inside um i would yeah i i I was one-handed for that long and like really the only exercise i could do was walking so um with previous injuries like i've been able to sort of get back to training a lot sooner yep so I think with this one, it was more just accepting that um, 
I really couldn't do much. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's just how it is. And um, and also, I guess seeing that there's always positives. Like I was able to give my body a lot of rest. Yep. And um, yeah, I think it's going to put me in a good position to, um, you know, build really well for next season, starting my pre-season nice and fresh. And um, I've now got a really long, solid build um, before next season. So I think that's, that's a positive that I can look to. Yeah, and, and then starting with a, a new team as well. So after three years with... Mike Stones, you're now heading over to FDJ. Um, what are you looking forward to about um, joining uh, the French team? Yeah, I'm pretty excited for a new start um, to to work with, yeah, some, some fresh faces and um, sort of get a bit of a uh, fresh perspective on on how a different team operates and races and... Um, I don't know, like, the the French culture is quite passionate. So, um, yeah, I think that'll, that'll be nice. It's not super regimented, but um, there's a lot of heart in what they do and um, they care a lot. So I'm looking forward to that dynamic um, and also racing with um, some really, really strong girls Um so I think I think the team has sort of grown a lot in the last couple of years and it's just on the verge of becoming, you know, one of the strongest teams in the Peloton and I'm pretty excited to, you know, be part of that um, step up. Okay, yeah. And um, it, going from um, an Australian team to a French team, um, in terms of the, um, the language, you're just going to have to pick up a bit of French or um, is it... Um, predominantly sort of English fighters that you can, can speak to on the, on the team how's that dynamic going to work? Um, yeah, I, I've been learning a little bit of French but it's not like it's not 100% necessary because um, the whole team do speak English and the, like the rider makeup is 50% French 50% um, other nationalities so not everyone speaks French um, and they do all their race communication in English so it's not I'm not going to be um, sitting there in French meetings not knowing what's going on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, obviously um, team bike, leaving team bike is changing um, how, do, how do you sort of feel about that and, uh, what, how do you sort of reflect on the time that you spent with them obviously three years is a, a long time to spend with teams yeah I mean three years does sound long but it also feels really short um, in some ways because uh, there's been a lot of interruptions at, with COVID and um, the likes um, and yeah I, it is it is sad to leave uh, the Australian team because like, I've got a lot of friends there both uh, amongst the riders and, and the staff that I work with um, and I think that's the main thing that I'm really going to miss is those uh, friendships and that sort of familiar way of working um, with fellow Australians when when you're in a foreign country um, it's really comforting to have that culture around. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to miss that a lot. Um, 
And, yeah, in terms of my years on the team, I think they've, they've given me a lot and developed me a lot. And, um, yeah, I went from being a complete rookie uh, to, yeah, being a leader in, um, in the World Tour Peloton, which is pretty crazy. Um, and, yeah, I've, I guess I've got a lot... To thank them for for giving me that confidence and those opportunities. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, you, there's there's part of me that you know wanted to stay out of loyalty, but um, also, yeah, just for my own career, I see that the best next step is to to take myself out of that comfort zone and um, find a few more challenges. Yeah, no, probably, and you mentioned sort of, um, sort of going into one of the sort of best in the, the world peloton. You had a, a pretty awesome season with sort of you started with second in national championships in both the road race and the time trial. Um, you had um, some good podiums at the spring classics and, and your first tour win at, uh, at the obviously clean classic and then a third at Tour de Flanders, um, stage win, the Tour de Spain, um, fifth in the Tour, and then the fourth, fourth of the, the Olympics Games. Um, how do you, how do you uh, reflect on this season and um, how you went? Yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, I've, I'm slowly getting used to, like, um, yeah, being up there and a lot of the races, like, I think towards the start of the year, um, you know, I'd get a good result and then the next race I'd be like, oh, you know, maybe... Maybe that last result was just a fluke and, like, I'm not going to do well again. And then I, you know, I just found myself being there in the finals in every single race. Um, and it's a bit surreal. Like, I still feel like I've got so much to improve on. Um, and, yeah, like... I, I can see how far I've come, but I can also see all the things that I still need to do. So um, I guess that's exciting because I've not reached my limit yet um, in terms of getting the most out of myself. Um, but, but, yeah, being in those races and, and getting those results is, is really special and um, exciting. Like, I just love competing at the end of the races. It's my favourite bit. I wish we could skip the first hundred k's and just get straight to the end <laughs> and, and do the do the hard bit. But um, obviously, the the first of the races uh, part of the deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all part of that that field up and sort of the, the the tactics that go with cycling and then the, the end result is sort of the, the combination of all the hard work you put in over that that day and the, the weeks before. Um, when you got that first World Tour victory, um, how did you feel and, and, and how do you reflect on that moment now? Um, it was really unexpected because that race, like, doesn't, you know, on paper, it doesn't suit me. Um, it's a it's a flat race and usually ends in a bunch of sprint. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I happened to make the split in the crosswinds and being quite a select group um, towards the end of the race. Uh, and I was basically the only one in there that wasn't a sprinter. Um, and I knew that if I was 
yet to give myself any chance um, of getting a result. I needed to try and break away from that group. Um, and, yeah, I, I sort of found my moment um, through a little bit technical section um, about 10Ks to, to the finish line and just went um, all in from there. Uh, I, yeah, I, like, hardly got any time on the chasing group. But I think, like, the most that went out to was maybe 20 seconds. Um, uh, but, yeah, I just... I don't know, somehow I was able to, to hold them off all the way to the, to the finish line and um, it was it was unexpected but, yeah, really cool and, um, yeah, just, I don't know, it's special. It, it feels like you've arrived when you get your first uh, World Tour victory. Yeah, and, and it'll probably make you more hungry to, to get some more, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> once you be there once, you're like, oh, I want that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and um, you, you had your, your day with the other as well. Um, how did you find that experience? And, um, was it everything you, you thought it would be? Um, I, it was quite different to what I expected. I mean, uh, in terms of like the race organisation and and the Olympic experience in COVID, I guess it was, um, I knew that it wasn't going to be like the experience that, you know, you dream of going to the Olympics, um, you know, in the village and, you know, that vibe and everything. The the cycling was separate from um, the village we stayed um, outside Tokyo because our um, races were outside Tokyo. Uh, so we were just in a hotel with all the other cycling nations and um, it was a bit like any other race, but we had um, lots more rules than normal. Like, And the Australian team was specifically quite strict. Um, we weren't allowed to eat in the dining room with everyone else. We had to go back to our rooms and eat our meals, which was pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... Yeah, the, the racing itself was really special and we were actually lucky in the fact that um, because we were outside Tokyo, there were spectators. Um, so there were, there were crowds lining the streets and um, that was, yeah, really special. Um, and I guess, yeah, so I had two races. The, the first was the um, road race and I had pretty high expectations of myself for that race um but I didn't perform um at all how I was hoping to and um yeah I got dropped from the bunch a lot earlier um than I expected and it was a bit of a I don't know the whole Australian team we thought that we'd be um up there you know fighting for a medal but um we just had a really bad day and I don't know if it was the heat or um yeah it can be hard to tell in those situations like what you know you prepared right um and you know believed in yourself and we had good tactics and stuff but then in the end we just didn't have the legs on the day which was pretty disappointing um 
and yeah, after that I had to had to race again in the time trial a couple of days later. So it was a real battle um, to sort of turn that disappointment around and and believe in myself again. Um, so I, I sort of gave myself one day to feel sad about my road race and then after that I was like, all right, um, I don't... I don't want to have another bad day, so I need to believe that I can um, do this time trial. Uh, and, yeah, I, I somehow managed to bring my head back in the game and, um, yeah, lined up for that time trial feeling pretty confident in myself. And, um, yeah, I had a really good race uh, and ended up coming fourth which, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's bittersweet coming coming forth because you're so close to the podium. Um, but I think I didn't really, I didn't feel upset at, at that. I, I was pretty happy with my result. Um, I mean, it would have been pretty awesome to come away with a medal, but um, in the end, like, yeah, I was, I was fourth best. Um, in the world, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's an awesome achievement to, to look back on, and especially in your, your first Olympics, considering what happened a few days before, and, and you sort of had those down and that up. And you sort of talk about um, sort of being fourth in the world, and um, this uh, last weekend was the, the world champs, and um, you would have been representing Australia. Um, did you sort of keep track of that, or did you sort of um, avoid it because you, you, you couldn't be there? <laughs> I I did actually watch it. It was um, yeah. I, I felt sad at the missed opportunity not being there, and and when you're not in the race, you always sort of think like, oh, where you know, how would I've performed in like in those circumstances? Um, and I always yeah. I don't know, when I'm not there, I always think that I would have done really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I wasn't there, so you can't, you can't tell. Um, um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was still awesome, awesome to watch, and I get excited, yeah. even though I'm on the sidelines. Good. Um, do, do you feel... Um, <laughs> did you... Um, who picked the... Was going to win? Did you, did you have any idea um, watching it? Did, did you uh, were you surprised by the end result? Um, yeah, like I'm not. It's not like a shock win in the women's road race, but um, probably like Elisa Balsamo. I thought you know might be an outside chance, but I didn't really expect it. She was in the form that she was to make it to the finish line um, in such a uh, sort of attritional race. Um, but then when she was, you know, there in the final kilometres, like she was a real threat. So um, it's not surprising that she won to me. I think I think that was pretty awesome. And, um, and, and just like the demonstration that, you know, the Italians rode super well together as a team um, and they delivered the win 
whereas the Dutch probably had the stronger team on paper, but um, they didn't come together as a team very well and rode a little bit more individualistically and um, in the end didn't get that result. So I think it's a good story. Absolutely. Grace, just um, obviously it's all started for you in, um, in Camperdown, sort of down in our neck of the woods, and there's quite a few, you know, really you know, athletes that have sort of been on that elite level that have, that have come from, you know, a pretty, a pretty small little town. But um, I'd imagine um, you've still got some good support and, you know, people back home that, that sort of follow your, your endeavours. Do you sort of keep in touch with anyone back here? Yeah, um, it's, it's been pretty nice, actually. Like, I, I haven't been to Camperdown for a long time, but mm. um, sort of in recent years since I've been cycling I've had a lot of people reach out to me um from from the area and um and definitely in around the Olympics I had a lot of support um from Camperdown which was cool um and also uh we've got a few other ex-Olympic cyclists um from Camperdown uh, particularly um Kevin Bradshaw was a family friend of ours when we when we were living in Camperdown. He's passed away recently, but he um, he gave me a lot of support uh, and followed me in my cycling. So it was it was special to be another Camperdown representative and um, sort of think of him while I was out there. Two goals for for next season. Um. Whew, yeah, I've got. A few. I want um, so my first. I'll be racing the the national championships um, early in the year, and I mean it would be awesome to come away with um, one of the national jerseys there, either time trial or road race. Or I wouldn't say no to both. Um, <laughs> and then head over to Europe, and um, yeah, I sort of need to pick out which um, Belgian classics I really want to target. But obviously, um, yeah, the Tour of Flanders is high on my priority list. Um, And then we've got uh, the first women's Tour de France. Um, Well, at least one that's longer than than a single day. So... um, yeah, that's going to be a big goal, especially being on a French team. Um, I think there will be a lot of excitement around that. Uh, and straight after that, we've got the Commonwealth Games. So, um, yeah, that's also on the agenda. And then uh, World, the World Championships are actually in Australia in Wollongong next year. So um, that will be my... My final goal of the season, so I think there's a few on the list there. Yeah. I'm guessing that um, the World Champs will be later in the year, next year? Yeah. And, um, well, they'll be around this same time, so late September. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Does it, does it feel um, good to sort of look towards a, a home uh, World Champs? Yeah. I, it's exciting. It'll, it'll be really cool to have, um, you know, all all the Australian supporters there. Um, and, yeah, obviously, I think a lot of my family and friends will make an effort to, to come along. But there's also that sort of 
added bit of pressure, um, yeah, for the Australian team in in a home world championship. So I'm sure we'll feel that. But um, I think the 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 excitement of being in Australia and racing here will, will uh, make up for the pressure. <laughs> yep.